Hi, and welcome to episode 55 of 5 Minutes of Rum. Notes on rum, a few minutes at a time. My name is Kevin Upthegrove. Today's episode is very Trinidad forward as I taste Angostura 7-year rum and then taste Amaro di Angostura, Angostura's take on an Italian Amaro that is based on the flavor of their distinctive bitters. And I'll make two versions of the Snake Pit, which is my tribute to the classic Cobra's Fan cocktail. I'd also like to take a quick moment to say thanks uh, before sh- starting the show proper. Uh, I got some really nice feedback online to episode 54, both on uh, Instagram, on Twitter, and on Tiki Central, a couple other places. And I would just want to say thanks, and I appreciate people taking the time to comment and uh, provide that feedback. So thanks. Now, this episode's feature rum is Angostura 7. Angostura 7 is a gold-colored rum from Trinidad by way of Angostura, who are most famous for their production of their eponymous bitters. Um, I talked about another Angostura rum in episode 28. That was the Angostura 1919. In the product line, Ango 7 is technically one step down from 1919, at least where dollars are concerned. Uh, but I really wouldn't reduce the two rums to a direct comparison uh, just based on price and where they slot each uh, against each other in the lineup. Um, so before going any further into it, let's go taste that Angostura 7. And I have mine uh, right here in the glass, uh, starting with appearance. Uh, now, based on the website, the bottle design is changing, so the photos that I have in the show notes may not represent how it looks when you uh, listen to this episode, you know, if you're listening in the future. Uh, the rum itself is a medium brown color in the glass. Uh, looks a little bit like a, a honey, maybe a little bit dark for a honey, but that's kind of the closest approximation. And then it forms thick legs that drop down quickly on the sides of the glass once it's swirled. Uh, Aroma, there's, you know, you get a good bit of wood from the barrel that it's being aged in, uh, a little bit of dustiness from that same kind of uh, barrel-like atmosphere. Uh, very, very mild, very slight burn on the, on the nostrils. Um, and after a few sips, um, I went back and nosed it again and finally picked up maybe some residual sugar on that nose. Uh, taste-wise, grab another sip here, but obviously I've tasted this ahead of time. Um pick up more vanilla again from that barrel time uh more vanilla than i would have expected based on the nose because the nose was more woody than than vanilla but that is to say i didn't get a lot of vanilla on the nose um not that the flavor itself was overwhelming uh, light to medium mouthfeel overall for the rum um and uh pretty good a bit of dryness with maybe a little bit of uh sort of leather notes thrown in there as well Finish wise, it's overall it's a pleasant finish. Although the longer it lingers, the more it takes on a, a little bit of a medicinal note on the tongue. As I work my way through through the uh, couple ounces in my glass, there was some eventual lingering heat on the finish, but not as much as I would personally look for in a, a normal sipping rum. Usually, for a sipping rum, I'm looking for something that's going to hang on a little bit longer um, as it finishes. In summary, uh, it has a number of characteristics of a barrel aged rum, as it is one, so it should. Uh, in particular, the woodiness, the vanilla, and the dryness. But it strikes me more as a very good mixing rum that has a lot of possibilities built into it. Uh, I can see using this rum in any number of swizzles, as an example. A little bit of lime, uh, a little bit of sweetener, and a lot of ice, and swizzled till it's really frosty cold. Seems like this would be a really good application for that rum. Or this, that would be a good application for this rum, I should say. Now, taken on its own as a sipping rum, I think I'd prefer something like an Appleton VX or, excuse me, an Appleton Signature. Uh, which comes in around the same price point, or maybe even a Barbados rum at the same price point like the RL Seal 10-year. Uh, to me, this is a good a good rum that I would deploy in cocktails and probably save sipping this uh, Angostura rums for sipping. I would save that for others in the line like the 1919, which talked about in episode 28, 
1824, which is a little bit step above the 1919, or the Angostura number one. Um, now, all that said, I do think the 1919 is a good mixer also, but the two are not interchangeable. Uh, make the same drink and only swap those two rums out, and you'll observe a noticeable difference. I know I, that's what I experienced when I was working on the cocktail for this episode. So moving into the production of the rum or a little bit of the background of the rum itself, um, as is often the case with larger rum producers, Angostura doesn't put a ton of background or production information on their site. Um, something I said a couple episodes ago, that's what I like about the smaller uh, producers of rum or any other spirits is that they're often very more forthcoming with information and the bigger companies don't really put a lot of that um, on their site or at least not in a, an easy to, easy to find fashion. Um, now that said, a Trinidad rum will originate from the hang- house of Angostura uh, and it will be a column distilled rum and it will be a molasses distilled rum because uh, that is uh, the the primary producer, if not the only producer on Trinidad is Angostura and that's how they blend their rums. Or excuse me, that's how they produce their rums. Um, did a little bit more research and based on information that I found on the Rum Howler blog, um, link to that in the show notes, uh, the rum itself gets a little heft and a little character by doing a blend of that column distilled rum. So a portion of the distillate uh, is passed through only one of the five columns. So this is a, a five column still that they're using. And if they pass it through only one of those columns, they get a heavier bodied product. And then that's blended with distillates from the same still, but produced at different points on that continuous still. So if they go like a full five columns, they're going to get lighter, uh, a lighter spirit and a little bit lighter body. And then the way they blend that together is how they arrive at their, their final uh, pr- or rum production that they're then going to age and rest in barrels. So that blend that they produce is then aged in, again in used American oak barrels for a minimum of seven, seven years, hence the name, um, and it's bottled at 40% alcohol by volume or 80 proof. Uh, where to find this rum? It's not a particularly difficult heart or not a particularly difficult rum to find. Uh, retails for about $20 for a standard 750 milliliter bottle. So that's a, a good price on a very versatile rum. Now, as I, m- I mentioned a couple minutes ago, enjoy the classic bottles that I have pictured in the show notes, and classic bottles is definitely in air quotes, uh, but it looks like they're changing their packaging, um, and locally for me, availability, availability of this rum has gotten tighter, which I suspect may be due to the bottle change, like they're trying to clear out inventory in anticipation of the, the new shipment, or maybe I'm just speculating for a reason why I had to drive to five different local liquor stores to get the amount I needed for the cocktail in this episode, which is what I'm serving on my stop on the Tiki Caliente Crawl, uh, Tiki Caliente 8 Crawl, which if you're listening to this episode the day it's released, is happening later today. Now, next up on our whistle stop tour of Trinidad is Amaro de Angostura. Um, Amaro is one of those things that I'm probably going to say wrong a couple times because I'm not used to saying it out loud. It's really new to my, my bartending vocabulary or cocktail vocabulary, so bear with me on the number of times I stumble over that because the way it looks is not the way I want to pronounce it. Anyways, what is it? It, um, it is Angostura's take on an Amaro. Uh, so cool, what's an Amaro? Uh, for an in-depth look at Amaro, um, go check out a link in the show notes. It's to Inua Cana's blog, which I've linked to a couple times before for different rum-related activities. And he has done an extensive guide to Amaro uh, formatted uh, as a 102, 103, etc. sort of curriculum course on it. Anyways, he has four parts, goes very in-depth on different styles and different brands. Um, So I highly recommend going to check that out um, for a much longer take on what this is. For a shorter version to just get us off and running, Amaro is the Italian word for bitter, 
and an Amaro as a beverage is an Italian herbal liqueur often taken after dinner as a digestive, so or, or as, as, excuse me, as a digestive aid, um, commonly referred to as a digestive. Now, true to their name, they're, all, they're often bitter. Uh, they're also often sweet or syrupy, and they typically have an alcohol by volume of under 40%. Uh, some common names you may have heard of, Montenegro, Sinar, which is a uh, artichoke Amaro, and Fernet, uh, which is uh, pretty synonymous with uh, famous Amaros. Uh, but this isn't five minutes of our Amaro, so let's taste this particular one from Angostura. Um, and I'll go through the same sort of notes that I would do for a rum just to give it a, a, an interest, or not an interesting, but a, a common framework. Um, in terms of appearance, the Amaro di Angostura comes in a, a sharp-looking tall bottle uh, with, a, I would say, a couple of nice nods to the ubiquitous Angostura bitters bottle. Uh, it has a bright yellow cap and a small paper wrap on the neck with the name of the product. Um, note that this label is not actually larger than the bottle, unlike the bitters bottle. Now in the glass, it's a dark brown color, like a cola almost, uh, but with a hint of red on the edges, when, especially when you hold it up to the light. Um, aroma, not shockingly, it smells like a bottle of Angostura bitters when you first inhale. And then on top of that, you sense the sweetness as this is a 70 proof liqueur and has a little bit more sweetness than it does uh, astringency or, or dryness from an alcohol uh, from a, I would should say it from a higher proof alcohol. Uh, there's actually a lot of aroma to take in. And if you like Angostura, you'll really like smelling this particular um, liqueur. Uh, I can pick out cinnamon and some other, you know, sort of uh, bark or tree bark like aromas. Um, in particular, otherwise it smells, prim you know, the first and primary smell is that of Angostura bitters. Uh, taste, um, this is a bit of a trick. So if you've made a Trinidad sour, you probably have a sense of what an ounce of Angostura bitters tastes like. Uh, this smells like it's going to taste like that, but then the sugar hits you and then the expected flavors of those bitters and then the actual bitterness with some sugar left on your lips. So it, overall, it's a very interesting experience from the time you start to sip it to when it finishes. Um, there's nothing really shocking here, but it tastes um, very well executed to me. And because of the sugar content, it's a bit heavier than than uh, you may expect based on the smell when you're expecting that sort of that lighter, um, the lighter body of just the bitter straight. Uh, finish again with the sugar and the lower alcohol by volume you're not going to get heat on the finish uh, but we do get as a nice lingering bitterness and then a little bit of that sweetness mixed in uh, the way those two things bounce off each other um, and act on each other as they finish is a really neat trick and and sort of enhanced what I thought I wasn't really going to enjoy but I actually liked it quite a bit um, I don't have a lot of tasting experience tasting Amaro so uh, or Amari I think is the plural uh, so I can't really give you uh, how does this rate against others in the field, but I do feel like this was true to what it wanted to be. It was an Amaro with Angostura bitters profile, so done and done on that note. Um, when I first heard about it, I was really intrigued, and then when I first tasted it at Tiki Oasis 15, I knew I wanted to explore the possibilities of using it in a cocktail, um, and now I'm finally getting around to actually doing that. Um, a little more background info on the... On the uh, on the Amaro itself. Um, from the official company fact sheet, uh, we're advised that the Amaro is derived from the same process used for the bitters production. Uh, no kidding there. Um, I, like You wouldn't have guessed that. Obviously, they're not giving up the ingredients they use since that's our trade secret. Uh, Angostura is very proud of their blending process, both for their bitters and their rums. Um, and so this is the closest you're gonna get to an official version of how they're created. Angostura aromatic bitters are combined with a neutral spirit, so probably not rum and then more spices are added. 
This mixture of spirit, spices, and bitter herbs then rests for three months and, and is bottled. That's kind of the extent of what you'll get when you look up, uh, especially on their official site. And I really didn't find a lot of other articles that delved into the process. I don't know that there's a lot of uh, in-depth, how does this get made um, online for this yet. Uh, where can you find this Amaro de Angostura? Uh, I found it at K- my local KNL. Um, you can also do KNL mail, mail order, depending on what the liquor laws are like in your area. And I think it's starting to show up in some other local stores by me as well. Uh, it launched about a year ago, um, and it's not nearly as ubiquitous as their bitters, unfortunately. Um, I figured if with their distribution pipeline being so robust for Angostura bitters, maybe it would be easier to get their Amaro into, rec- into record stores. <laughs> Something's on my brain. Uh, into liquor stores. Um, but perhaps it's it's you know a tougher sell because everybody knows Angostura bitters, but I don't think Amaro, Amari sell uh, nearly as, as well. Um, but if you're already partial to Amaro um, liqueurs, or if it's something that just sounds intriguing, I would definitely seek it out. I found it to be a really, really good uh, addition to the bar. So while I'm still getting, you know, while I'm about to get what I've used it for, specifically for this episode, uh, I have to admit it has real appeal for me now, um, sipped as a digestive. This isn't something I generally took to in the past, but it's something that's changing a little where I'll sometimes pour out an ounce of this and enjoy it after a meal, you know, like a gentleman does. Uh, maybe it's the power of suggestion because I was doing the research and I, you know, and the the uh, idea that Amaro or Amari, I need to work on remembering the plural of Amaro. Um, the suggestion that that is uh, often used as a digestive is probably, you know, entering into my brain and, and making me think of it that way a little bit, a little bit more. Um, it can be sipped and savored, although admittedly you'll need a palate that runs to the bitter side if, if you like things that are uh, more sweet. This may not be your cup of tea when taken on its own. Um, I haven't yet tried it over ice because I think it works well on its own. Um, and I can see a number of applications in in stirred cocktails. Remember, stirred would be like an all-spirit cocktail. Uh, if you're building a recipe around it, know that the flavor is strong, so you probably won't use a lot at once, much like, say, a maraschino liqueur. And there will be some added sweetness to your cocktail. Um, and, I, you know, I sort of I turned it over in my mind and drifted onto how I could maybe reformulate um, established recipes that call for bitters and see if they would still work um, or, if, you know, how I'd need to modify that recipe in order to make it work. Uh, so this was, for me, my entry point and how I tried to approach this liqueur. Um, and even in my limited use so far, it feels like something that will maintain a permanent spot in my home bar. The cocktail in this episode is called the Snake Pit. Uh, the Snake Pit is my derivative of the Cobra's Fang. Now, the Cobra's Fang cocktail followed a sort of familiar tropical cocktail template. Uh, it started life as a Don Beach original cocktail that subsequently found its way onto competitors' menus in slightly or sometimes not so slightly modified fashion, however people could approximate his his mixture. Uh, two such versions are available in Beach Bum Berry's iOS app, Total Tiki. Um, and in addition to that, Mariona Liquidine, a former bartender from Don the Beachcomber who built the cocktail menu at the legendary Maikai, had his own version called the Cobra's Kiss. The inspiration from the Cobra's Kiss comes by way of uh, the Atomic Grog and Hurricane Hayward's Mai Tai cocktail guide. There's a link to that in the show notes, but uh, I definitely use that as a point of reference as he created a a honorary, um, you know, what, they, what he refers to as tribute recipes uh, to the actual original recipe that the Mai Kai serves. Anyways, I had Cobra's Fang in my notebook for quite a while, waiting for the right time with the right rum. Perhaps I wanted to sample it with a different kind of overproof rum. But when the Angostura Amaro 
uh, came to market, I had a different idea to try and work that into a recipe, knowing from tasting it that it wasn't really a long bridge from Angostura bitters. Um, and Angostura bitters are used in a couple of classic Cobra's Fang recipes. And then, you know, getting from bitters to working on the Amaro and seeing what I could do with it, again, wasn't a long bridge to cross. And honestly, it's not a huge challenge since the flavors are similar, but I still enjoyed the process, of course, you know, working through different variations. As such, the Snake Pit combines the elements I enjoy best from assorted varietals of Cobra's, uh, from the Cobra's Fang, as well as the Cobra's Kiss, um, with the Amaro, um, you know, in place of the traditional Angostura bitters, and then some additional spice notes from cinnamon syrup, which are not in the original recipes that I had found that I based mine off of. So the starting point I used when I was coming through or working through different recipes was I knew I wanted to use the Angostura rum, plus I needed to use an, uh, an overproof rum as part of it. That's kind of the, the typical base for a Cobra's Fang. In fact, some Cobra's Fangs are all overproof. Um, yeah, and the other thing, obviously, that I was switching up was adding the Amaro, um, the Angostura, in place of the bitters. So that was kind of the starting point. Make it a Cobra's Fang, but use the Amaro in place of the, of the you know, dash of bitters. And then from there... Um, you know, swap out different elements while keeping the proportions the same and see which ones worked better as better combinations. So a couple of the variants I had was, you know, as I alluded to earlier, try the uh, Angostura 1919 instead of the Angostura 7. Uh, maybe in one variation, add the Pernod back in that I took out from the original recipe. Uh, for another variation, swap in a Falernum and Grenadine combination in place of the passion fruit, which the passion fruit is a typical Cobra's Fang flavor. Um, Maybe swap out the cinnamon syrup for something more mild like an orange curacao uh, because the orange juice is a part of the original recipe. So different things to try or, you know, try and, and taste test. Um, I had a, a little help in the taste testing of this episode, so thank you very much to my taste testers. Um, and eventually I arrived at a couple of recipes that I really liked, and one of them that I settled on is the one that I was actually going to serve for the Tiki Caliente 8 Crawl and the one that I'm presenting here. Um the two recipes I ended up with, I'll, I'll give both on this episode. They're both subtly and yet all at the same time, not subtly different. Um, the version, the official version, quote unquote official of the snake pit is the following. It's three quarter ounce of fresh lime juice, one ounce of orange juice. And you can make that fresh orange juice if you are able to one quarter ounce of Florinum, one quarter ounce of grenadine, one quarter ounce of cinnamon syrup, one quarter ounce of Amara de Ingostura one ounce of Angostura 7 rum, and one half ounce of Hamilton 151 rum. Uh, combine that into a shaker tin or actually the mixing cup and then flash blend it with a cup of crushed ice and pour that unstrained into a double old-fashioned glass. For presentation, um, the easiest presentation would be to garnish that with a cinnamon stick. Uh, if you don't need to make 100 of these in an hour, then the other presentation I would recommend is a snake pit made, or excuse me, snake pit, a snake made from an orange peel. So there's a link in the show notes that gives an example of that. Um, I also have photos from uh, my own uh, version of that snake orange peel garnish, as well as one from Hale Pele that I took a picture of when I was there back in, I think that was 2012. Um, in any case, it's kind of a fun thing to do. Close for eyes. It looks neat. It's a good presentation, uh, but a little more difficult to do when you have to have a hundred of them available and they, you can't really make them in advance. They start, the peels start to dry out pretty quickly. Uh, Taste-wise, um, so taste, uh, this had a lot of elements working, but I found that they worked, you know, for me pretty well together. Um, again, I worked through this with some taste testers once I got to a, a couple of variations that I wanted to try. And I think that, you know, overall it's, you know, not, not any one flavor plays over another. It's real easy to go, if you go a little bit overboard on the Amaro, 
Um, it kind of takes over a little bit. Uh, some of the things I noticed when I tried the Ingestora 1919 rum is that that one has a little bit, uh, almost gives it a little more of a sweeter flavor and, and didn't quite hit the notes I was looking for. Um, but overall, I think I think the spice elements blend well together. Um, and again, what I was trying to do was take my favorite elements from the different variations of this cocktail um, and arrive at something that I would like. And that's my that was the destination I eventually hit. Um, and again, if you're listening to this, uh, this is probably a, a rare thing. But if you're listening to this the day it's released and you happen to be at Tiki Caliente 8, uh, come on by. This is the one I'm serving this afternoon in the room crawl. Now, um, this is an, an I'll give you an alternate version, the Snake Pit version 0.2. Uh, this is just for the uh, the show here. This is one of the multiple iterations I was referring to earlier. Um, I liked it too much to throw it away. Um, again, this is the one that has the passion fruit tie-in to the classic Cobra's Fang recipes. This is the one I decided not to serve, but I still like it. And I would probably, you know, either one of them, you're, you're not really going to go wrong with. They just have a slightly different, you know, when I say slight, I mean one ingredient different, but it's a it makes a big difference in the overall feel of the cocktail. Uh, so without further ado, the Snake Pit version 0.2, three quarter ounce of fresh lime juice, one ounce of uh, orange juice, again, fresh if you have it, one half ounce of passion fruit syrup, one quarter ounce of cinnamon syrup, one quarter ounce of Amaro de Angostura, one ounce of Angostura 7 rum, and one half ounce of Hamilton 151 rum. Uh, and w- as with the other one, flash blend that with one cup of crushed ice and pour unstrained into a double old fashioned glass. And again, garnish that with a cinnamon stick. And that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. Show links are up on the 5 Minutes of Rum website. That's number 5 minutesofrumcom The show is also on iTunes as 5 Minutes of Rum. On iTunes, you can subscribe, you can rate the show, and you can leave a review. The show is also on Twitter as at 5 Minutes of Rum. That's at symbol number 5 Minutes of Rum. Um, also on Instagram as 5 Minutes of Rum. Please send any comments, corrections, feedback, or requests via the 5 Minutes of Rum website or on Twitter or even on Instagram. And now... Go get some rum.